Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. My name is Carol Ann Fernandez, and I'm the COO at Glen Eagle. Today, our guest is Dr. Amanda Crowell, a cognitive psychologist, speaker, and author. She joins us today to share her thoughts on ways to focus on the work that matters the most to you without sacrificing everything else, which I'm sure all of us are interested in hearing. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Why don't you start off just with sharing a little bit about yourself and your background with our listeners? Sure. So I am, as you mentioned, a cognitive psychologist, which means that I study the way people learn and think and communicate and interact with each other. And my focus these days is on how, as people, we're able to get to our great work. Great work is what I call the work that matters most to you. You might think of it as your calling or like your purpose or reflective of your core values. And it tends to be the kind of work that gets pushed to the side when we get busy and other, and we're trying to meet other people's expectations. So for the last couple of years, I've been focused on really understanding why that happens and what we can do about it. And so that's been my big project for the last, like I said, a couple of years is I wrote a book, I have a podcast, all focused on really understanding how we can get more people doing more great work. That's awesome. I think that's a great calling and something that we're all hoping to get to. I know your book, Great Work, talks a lot about this idea of putting off projects that matter the most to us, even uh, when we get busy. Why did you see that happening, and what are some ways maybe we can go about changing that? I think it happens for a number of reasons. One reason is that sometimes we have spent so much time listening to other people's beliefs about who we are and what we're here for and what matters to us and what matters, period, that we have lost track of or silenced or suppressed or like ignored the voice that is telling us what we really value. So sometimes people aren't doing their great work because they have the mistaken understanding that they don't have any great work or they're all over the place and other people maybe have big purposes, but they really don't. And I think that that, like I said, is a a real mistaken understanding. And so that's one of the reasons. But even when we do have a really strong understanding of what we want, we still put it off. And I think that that comes down to just trying to meet people's expectations, making sure that if we've made a commitment to somebody else, that we're keeping that commitment, doing our best work, as opposed to really making the space and honoring the commitment to ourselves, which while honoring the commitment to others, for sure, but not allowing what other people want from us, very specifically, like, you know, how we spend the days and weeks of our lives. How are we dividing our time? How are we, uh, what are we making space for? There's actually quite a lot of room, which actually gets to the second half of your question of what can we do about it, which is if you look at your life and really start thinking about how I'm spending the actual moments of my life and start carving out time to do 
what you are actually most interested in doing, you can actually have a profound impact on your ability to do more great work. And then over time, as you learn your way into creating time for what matters to you, uh, you can create more and more time. But it really starts with starting and making that priority and not immediately giving up the time that you set aside for yourself in order to do something that someone else is expecting you to do. Wow, yeah. So it sounds like not listening always to what others around you might be uh, saying and influencing you on and then sticking to what you originally planned or two, or two ways to start, but harder probably to do than, than it sounds. It, it can be hard to do, but it, and it and in part because it feels like you have to be kind of a jerk to do it, right? Like, well, I'm going to do what I want to do, and good luck to you, right? But it isn't really yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's much more about really getting clear on what they really need you to do and maybe backing out of some commitments, saying no to a few things so that you are able to do both what you want to do with and for others without eliminating all of your opportunities to do your great work. I think women tend to be the, the giver so much that sometimes we we, we give a little yeah. time, so that's, that's definitely true. I know you also talk about this term, goal apocalypse, and what is, <laughs> I mean, I guess, what, is, yeah. what are you mean when you say that, and what advice would you give to someone who may be dealing with it? I talk about the the three horsemen of the goal apocalypse, which are the the three things that take your goals off track and make it so that the goal that you are really trying to accomplish becomes like more of a problem than something joyful and exciting that you're happy to do and is a good you know part of your life. So the three uh, horsemen of the goal apocalypse are burnout, perfectionism, and procrastination. So these three things get in the way of a goal being just a thing you're doing and you're working hard at it. And it's like when goals go bad. So burnout, of course, is when you overwork to the point where you're way past your comfort comfort zone, your stretch zone, you keep into exhaustion, you're still growing away and you've lost your health and your happiness and you're, you're cynical and you feel helpless. So we want to make sure that we're staying um on this side of burnout, really managing our resilience and making sure that we don't let it get to the point where uh, burnout takes on a life of its own and you feel like it's the only thing happening in your life. Perfectionism can contribute to burnout, of course, but really is this like false idol of if I try hard enough, if I stay at it long enough, if I never make the decision to move forward, I, I will figure out how to do this perfectly. But of course, that is an impossibility, and it can result in a lot of slowdowns and a lot of shame and a lot of self-doubt, because somehow we, we've got this mistaken understanding that others have figured out how to be perfect. Others have figured out how to do this, and we somehow are just deficient because we've never figured out how to be perfect. But the truth is, it's just not a real thing. And yet, the pursuit of perfection can really get in the way of you actually making progress on your great work. And then procrastination, which is just defensive failure. It's like, I, I want to do this, but I never do it. Why? And often it's either because 
you're afraid of burnout or that you don't want to be a slave to perfectionism or you just have a lot of mindset issues around like I'm not sure I can I'm not sure I want to and what if everybody hates me if I do it so just like our beliefs get in the way of us actually taking action and that's how procrastination can take our goals into goal apocalypse. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think a lot of our listeners, I know myself included, are probably nodding their heads relating to a lot of what you're saying right now. I know you've put in a lot of great advice already, but obviously, other than reading your book, what are some uh, maybe <laughs> a piece of advice you would give a, a woman who's listening to the podcast uh, this morning and thinking, okay, what, where do I start, right? Like, how do I start on this, this goal to try to not put things off and, and, and really stick to what I want to get done. Yeah. So this is something where it's in the book for sure. So definitely get a copy of the book. But I talk about, and there's, it's also on my blog as well if you want to uh, go to it that way, if getting the book is not your budget. So I would say thinking, really getting clarity on the different levels of ideas. So a big goal is often something that we can't accomplish this year. It's going to take like maybe a few years to write that best-selling New York Times best-selling book. But so if you understand that to be a big goal, a vision style goal, and then what I always say is like get excited about that goal because that's what's really drawing you. That's the magnet. But you can't work directly from that big goal. Instead, you have to break it down into the lower levels of ideas. So you need to set something that you can do in about a year. And then how can you get a little closer to that in 90 days, which is what where I would actually place goals. And then what can I do this week to get a little closer to that 90-day goal? And then that, if you have an hour, how you can get a little closer to the weekly task today. And that allows you to know what, to actually do today to get closer to your big goal without feeling overwhelmed. Because that overwhelm is a big part of the reason that people get stopped and stalled. That's great. I mean, <laughs> I, that's definitely, I'm even thinking of my day right now, thinking of ways I can, I can yeah. be more productive just after hearing you. So we really appreciate you joining us today. I'm excited to read your book as I'm sure some of our listeners are uh, and taking the time to share all this practical advice to help all of us go into the summer and be a little bit more <laughs> goal-oriented and get some things done. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.